We're going to dive right into tonight's message. We've got to get started because we've got a lot of ground to cover. We're going to cover a look at two different chapters from the book of Numbers. Uh, if you don't know what the book of Numbers is, it's one of the first five books of the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers is book number four. It was written by Moses uh, after, uh, before he died. Uh, and, it, and in Numbers chapter 13 and 14, we read the story of how Moses picked 12 spies to go into the land of Canaan. Now, the land of Canaan was the promised land that God promised to give to his people, the children of Israel, the Israelites, the Hebrew people, the Jews, that this was their promised land. It's now known as Israel. And so uh, we have been talking about the Old Testament this year here at GFCC. And this series that we're in now is called Flip the Script. And it's all about trading negative emotions for God's truth. And so we're looking at different negative emotions that we face in our lives. Uh, emotions like uh, lust versus love. Uh, we talked about apathy versus compassion. Uh, and tonight we're going to talk about fear versus faith. And how we can trade the negative emotion of fear for the truth of God's word and what it says about faith. And so we're going to look at an Old Testament story from the book of Numbers. You may have heard it before. If not, this is going to be a, a great story for you to kind of whet your appetite for the Old Testament. Uh, we're in Numbers chapter 13 is where we're going to be. But we're also going to look at a bit at Numbers chapter 14 uh, as we talk about tonight's story and flipping the script from fear to faith. Now, if you have a Bible, I encourage you to grab it, turn to Numbers 13. If you don't have a Bible, you can use a Bible app on your phone, like Bible Gateway or Version, or even better. If you haven't gotten the GFCC app yet, go to your app store, search for GFCC. If you're watching online and you're not on your phone, but you're watching on a screen, you can grab your phone, go to your app store, search for GFCC. You can download our app in just a matter of seconds, and you can follow along with the sermon notes. Uh, you can give your tithes and offerings. We encourage you to use the app in several different ways, get notifications text notifications, all kinds of cool stuff through the app. So we're in Numbers chapter 13 tonight, and we're going to take this in several different pieces, and we're going to first look at verses 1 and 2. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So there were 12 tribes of Israel. They were the 12 sons of Jacob. And he says to, God says to Moses, I want you to take one of the leaders of each of the ancestral tribes and send them into the land of Canaan. Now, just so you know, this is after the Israelites have been enslaved in Egypt. They are leaving Egypt. They've left Egypt. They've gone, they've crossed through the Red Sea on dry ground. They're in the wilderness. They're at the threshold. They're like, like this is where they are. That's the promised land. They're right there. And they're about to enter into the promised land. God says, Moses, I want you to send 12 guys into the land, spy it out, see what it's like. And then I want them to come back, give a report, and everyone's going to be encouraged. You're going to go to the promised land. Everything's going to be hunky-dory. It's going to be great. Perfect. So Moses does exactly that. He picks one leader from each of the 12 tribes. Go to, you're going to jump ahead to verse 17. When Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, go through the Negev, it's a desert, and on into the hill country. See what the land is like, and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? 
Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. It was the season for the first ripe grapes. So Moses says, I want you to go into the land. I want you to scout it out. I want you to spy on the land. I want you to tell, tell me everything about it. How big are the cities? Are they big cities? Are they, are they, do they have big walls? I mean, is it going to be easy for us to go in and conquer these cities? How's the land? Are we gonna, it was an agricultural society. So are we going to be able to grow our crops? Are we going to be able to have enough food for our families? Are we going to be able to have enough food to be able to, you know, uh, for our, is there going to be good land for our animals to graze in? You know, what's the land like? Is there good fruit? And so Moses gets ready to send them in, gives them all these instructions, go on in, come back and tell us what it's all about. Verse 26 says they, uh, they went into the land, they scouted it out, they come back. Verse 26, they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They brought back a huge stock, uh, vine of grapes. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. It's a euphemism for it's a, a plentiful land. It's a bountiful land. It's a good land. Here it is. Here is its fruit, they said. What's the next word? But. Oh, my friends, I'm going to digress for just a moment. If there's one word that I could encourage you to remove from your vocabulary when it's talking about faith, when talking about God, is the word but. Take that word out of your vocabulary. Because what do they say? It's a good land. It's a great land. Great place to be. But, what does they say? But, the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites, oh my. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. All these foreign peoples live in the land. It's a scary place to be. Big, huge cities with big, huge walls. I mean, it's a good land, yeah, but. The Hebrew word for but there is a word that can mean however and nevertheless. Yeah, it's a good land. However, it's a good land. Nevertheless, there's a sense of resignation there. There's a sense of we have no chance. It's a good land. But, and sometimes in our lives we do that. You know, yeah, I've got this blessing, but. Yeah, life is good, but. Hey, we have this waiting for the other shoe to drop mentality. Anybody have the other shoe to drop mentality? Just one of you. I don't believe that. Oh, two, okay, three, four, all right, yeah. Some more hands, some more hands going up, yeah. Online? Anybody out there online with the other shoe to drop mentality? I can see you through the camera. You don't know this, but it's a two-way camera. You... Never mind, never mind. Don't worry about that. But we use that word. Life is good, but I feel blessed, but 
However, nevertheless, it's not going to last. Yes, the land is good, however. The land is good, nevertheless. Let's see what happens. Verse 30. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. There's no but in that statement, is there? We can certainly do it. Caleb. Caleb says, We're gonna, we got this. Let's go. We got nothing to be afraid of. Let's go. We can certainly do it. I love Caleb's attitude. It's an attitude I need more of in my life. Because sometimes I have a defeatist attitude. Anybody else? Defeatist attitude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Caleb says, no. Quit listening to these clowns. Let's go. Verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land, about the land they had, uh, I'm sorry, I lost my place. (laughs) They spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. There's giants in the land. The Nephilim uh, were uh, believed to be uh, the descendants of fallen angels who had intermarried uh, with the Canaanite women. And, and so the, these giant, huge people were like grasshoppers, tiny little grasshoppers compared to them. Caleb says, we can certainly do it. The other spies said, we can't. What's interesting about that Hebrew word, can and can't, it's the same word. The same word for can is the same word for can't. It's like two sides of the same coin. We can, Caleb says, we can't, the others say. We have this in our own lives, don't we? Two sides of the same coin. Well, I can't do that. I can't overcome that addiction. Uh, I can't stop sinning. I can't stop drinking. Hmm. We can't live with a defeatist attitude and expect to have victory. When we sound like the spies and not like Caleb... And Joshua, we're going to see Joshua in just a second. When we say we can't, when we say uh, there's no way that the land devours us, that's what they said. The spies said the land devours those living in it. The land devours us. Sometimes we feel like our sin devours us. We feel like our situation, situation devours us. And they started to spread amongst the community of faith there these seeds of doubt. Look at chapter 14, verse 1. 
That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. So not only did the spies, you know, give a bad report about the land. Yeah, it's a good land, but they started spreading the word around everybody else. They were sowing seeds of doubt, seeds of dissension. Verse 2. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, either way, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. My friends, that is the temptation that when you are in, you're going through your life and when you are making progress as a follower of Christ, when you are making progress as a believer, when you are making progress in your life and the seeds of doubt and the seeds of dissension start to come into your life and you start thinking to yourself, this is too hard. It's, I, I can't win. I, I'm not victorious. I, I, can't, I cannot defeat these enemies of, in my life. And, and I, I feel so defeated already. It would just be better if I just abandoned ship and went back to my own personal Egypt. Don't go back to Egypt. Don't believe Egypt. The people were like, it would be better if we were back in Egypt. And they totally forgot that they were mistreated as slaves in Egypt. They had no rights. Uh, they were mistreated. Uh, they were abused. They were uh, tortured. They were killed. And they're like, well, this is, it's got to be better than this. They let their fear they let their fear overcome them and try to bring them back to Egypt. Don't go back to Egypt. Don't let your fear take you back to Egypt. Don't let your fear take you back to Egypt. Have faith. Like we see here. Verse 5. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes. They were so upset, they tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good if the Lord is pleased with us. Note those words. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land. A land flowing with milk and honey and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will what? Devour them. Do you remember what the other spies said? It is a land that devours those who inhabit it. And what does Caleb say? What does Joshua and Caleb say? We will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Do not be afraid of them. My friends, we live in scary times, right? These are scary times. People are terrified. If you scroll through social media for five minutes, I, I do not recommend doing that. But if you are so brave that you can take five minutes of social media you will see nothing but fear. People are afraid. They're afraid of uh, political leaders. They're afraid of uh, a virus. They're, there's so much fear in our world on both sides. There's so much fear and so little faith. 
I want you to know, there's a couple takeaways I want you to, to take away today from this message. First is this, because God is with you, your fears will not devour you. Because God is with you, your fears will not devour you. The first, the, the 10 spies, 10 of the spies said the land devours them. They were so afraid. All they could see was bad. All they could see was the negative. All they could see was their fear. God is with you. God was with them. And what did Caleb say? If the Lord is pleased with us, we will certainly devour them. Joshua and Caleb had faith, faith to see that God was with them and that they would devour their enemies. You don't have to be devoured by your fears. You don't have to be afraid because God is with you. Joshua went on to become the leader of Israel and he led them into the promised land. God was angry with the Israelites and he almost wiped them off the face of the earth. Moses pleaded with God to forgive them and God forgave them. But God said, because they did not believe, because of their fear, because of their lack of faith, they're going to wander in the desert for 40 years until this entire generation dies off. And then we're going to go to the promised land. 40 years they wandered in the wilderness until the next generation was ready to lead them into the promised land. And they were led by Joshua. And God told Joshua this in Joshua chapter 1 verse 9. He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. If I could share anything with you tonight, it's that. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. God is with you. In John chapter 14, Jesus was, this is the night before Jesus was crucified. And he told his disciples, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The disciples had no idea what was going to happen. They had no idea that the next day Jesus was going to be crucified. And that he was going to be crucified and, and he was going to be buried. And all their dreams were going were to be dead. But they didn't know what was coming next. God was going to raise Jesus back to life, and that's exactly what he did. God the Father raised Jesus back to life on the third day, just like Jesus said he would. And then Jesus gave his disciples a mission. We call it the Great Commission. It's in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. It says this, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. God is with us. Jesus is with us. When you put your faith and trust in Christ, when you believe in him, and you repent from your sinful ways, you turn to God for forgiveness... When you acknowledge your faith by confessing Jesus as Savior and Lord and getting baptized, God not only forgives all your sins and washes them away, but he fills you with his Holy Spirit. His presence comes to live inside of you. His Spirit is always with you. The Spirit of Jesus is always with you. The Spirit of truth is always with you. The Spirit of faith is always with you. You have nothing to be afraid of because God is with you all the time. 
And I want to encourage, the second takeaway is this, do not be afraid, for you are not alone. You are not alone. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. I know that sometimes in our lives we're most afraid when, we're, when we feel most alone. We feel lonely. We feel scared. Think about being a little kid for a minute. You're at the store, playing in the toy aisle. It was funny when the little guy was little, the only place he wanted to go in the store was straight to the toy aisle. Still does. That's all good. He's one of those that has to push the button on every toy. Anybody? Anybody here still do that? Yeah. It says, try me, and you take that as a dare. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Challenge accepted. I remember being at the store once, just a little little guy, and I was in the toy aisle and playing, maybe six, seven years old. I think it was Kmart in Maryville. And all of a sudden, I heard, I, I realized I was alone. And I was scared. I couldn't find my mom and dad. I was terrified. Why? Because I thought I was alone. And went up to the front and they had to page my parents. And I'm like, for your like you're a parent, like that's the most terrifying thing in the world. It's like, why are they calling me? What did he do now? But when you feel alone, you feel scared. And I want you to know you are not alone. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And because he is with you, because he is with you, you have no reason to fear. There's no reason to be afraid because you're not alone. The flip, the script can be flipped. When you feel afraid this week, when you feel fear overtaking you, whether it's fear of the future, fear of the present, fear of punishment, fear of pain, fear of disease, de dying or death, fear of financial failure or financial ruin, fear of being alone. I want you to remember this. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do not be afraid. My friends, when we remember that, when we go through those times of fear, when we go through those scary times, those tough situations, those difficult circumstances, when we are when our faith is small and our fear is great, just remember that. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You are not alone. Do not be afraid. And that is how you flip the script.